Derek Olson here to reconstruct the prehistoric past with you. Well, we're going to just jump right into this episode because we've got some exciting news about a really breaking new discovery that has happened inside the Great Pyramid. A hidden corridor measuring approximately 30 feet long has been discovered inside the Great Pyramid of Giza. Officials of the Egyptian Supreme Council for Antiquities announced that this corridor or this passageway that's about 30 feet long is located behind the so-called chevrons on the north face of the Great Pyramid. Now when I say chevrons, that's a word that uh, many researchers use to explain these massive, huge, gabled limestone triangular beams on the north side, which really stand out um, and dwarf all the other blocks that you see on the outside of the Great Pyramid. On the north side, you'll see these massive triangular beams uh, about halfway up in the center. Now, uh, many uh, consider this to be the original entrance of the Great Pyramid. The entrance that uh, the public's allowed to go into now, uh, that was not the original entrance. That was, um, that was basically a hole in a tunnel that was blown inside the Great Pyramid back in the 9th century. Egyptologist Azawi Hawes, um, who's pretty famous there in Egypt, he led the antiquities department for years. Uh, he's saying this could be the discovery of the century. Uh, so that's interesting. Uh, scientists from the Scan Pyramids Project detected this never-before-seen corridor, at least not seen in the modern era, uh, by using cosmic ray muon radiography sounds pretty high tech and um, so they detected this using that technology then they fed a six millimeter thick endoscope through this very small crack um, between the joints of these massive megalithic blocks um, up there by these chevrons now it's important to note this is the same team scientists from the Scan Pyramid Project, who back in 2017, I believe, uh, this same team of researchers were the ones who discovered this uh, mysterious void um, inside the Great Pyramid that's approximately almost 100 feet long. And so these guys have been doing their work. That was the first real major discovery inside the structure really since the 19th century. So these guys are, are on a roll at least, uh, you know, with this disclosure to the public. Uh, what do they really know behind closed doors, right? What are we really being kept from? Uh, maybe that's just my cynical side coming out. Uh, but according to researchers with this um, Scan Pyramids project, they believe this corridor could lead to further discoveries uh, inside the Great Pyramid. Again, it's this uh, gabled triangular look where the ceiling goes, it pitches into a triangle, uh, similar to these chevrons on the outside. Um, but it also looks uh, very similar uh, inside the Great Pyramid in what's known as the so-called Queen's Chamber. The ceiling of that chamber goes up just like you're going to see uh, in these screenshots of this new corridor or chamber. Uh, so very interesting indeed. I find the timing of this disclosure, again, very interesting with kind of everything else going on in the world. Suddenly, uh, we're, we're being allowed to 
learn of a new chamber inside the Great Pyramid. I, I, I Again, my cynical part of my brain goes, if they're allowing us, the public, to know about this, man, what else have they uncovered that we are not being told about? Uh, also, I should note, when you look at this image, uh, kind of the, the initial word is that it's a dead end in this chamber that goes back about 30 feet. Um, but man, I would wager <laughs> some kind of money that this definitely leads somewhere else. So exciting discovery nonetheless. Um, and who knows, maybe this could be one of the great discoveries uh, of our time, at least regarding Egypt or the Great Pyramids. Make sure to click the link in the show notes below in this podcast uh, to see a short video I made about this discovery, which features several images and video footage of everything I just described of this new uh, 30-foot-long corridor uh, to help give you a visual. Honestly, there is just so much mystery and intrigue surrounding the Great Pyramid alone that we could talk endless episodes about this one superstructure. And so I think for the rest of this episode, that's exactly what we'll do. And I'll just kind of rattle through my brain uh, some of my favorite mysteries or aspects regarding the Great Pyramid. I'll look over some of my notes here and we'll just do a deep dive into the mysteries surrounding what I consider the greatest megalithic marvel on the planet, that is the Great Pyramid of Giza. Researcher uh, William Henry, he, he believes there is evidence that points to the pyramids being sound structures. And, and their purpose was basically to vibrate at specific frequencies. Uh, he's not the only one that believes this. There's many researchers that, that are now jumping on board with these theories. Um, Muhammad Ibrahim, who's uh, our tour guide when we go to Egypt, He's also a renowned Egyptologist and one of the very few Egyptologists that believes a uh, earlier civilization built the Great Pyramids before the dynastic Egyptians. Uh, he believes, like Chris Dunn and many others, that the pyramids collected cosmic waves. And that's why when the dynastic Egyptians came along around 3000 BC, they repurposed these pyramids. And these dynastic pharaohs understood that the pyramid was essentially this ancient generator of energy amongst many other functions. Therefore, this is why the pharaohs wanted to be buried inside of these pyramids uh, to receive the energy of the pyramid, to cross through what they thought were portals. Uh, it was like a ticket to the afterlife to explore other dimensions. There seems to be a lot of evidence out there that suggests there was once an ancient global power grid system, uh, which was sliced into sections, and the Giza Pyramid uh, may have represented the center of this grid system. Uh, Chris Dunn, author of the Giza Power Plan, I'm going to probably quote him a lot in this episode. Uh, you read his books, he basically, basically concludes that the Great Pyramid must have originally been built to provide a highly technical society with energy. And so the Great Pyramid and, and really all of these Giza pyramids, and I believe many others like the Bent Pyramid, what's known as the Red Pyramid, 
these were like holistic energy devices that were harmonically coupled with the earth. Essentially where the earth is the power source and the pyramids are tapping into the power source. And so when the Great Pyramid, for example, resonates with the earth, energy is drawn through it. Now, water would have played a huge part of this. And thousands upon thousands of years ago, it appears that the Nile River ran right next to the Great Pyramids. And also, over 100 feet down, I believe, under Giza has been discovered a massive aquifer. And so the water was used to produce... Uh, possibly the electromagnetic field with the resonance to keep the pyramids humming as if they were like ancient machines. And again, each pyramid could have been likely tuned to a different frequency of sound. And then every chamber inside each pyramid was uh, possibly specifically designed in advance with acoustics in mind to generate specific sound frequencies. Researcher Jimmy Carsetti from uh, the Bright Insight channel was watching one of his videos and he was mentioning how the Journal of Applied Physics, which is a pretty big publication several years ago, released a study based off the research of scientists from Germany and Russia who concluded that the Great Pyramid can concentrate electromagnetic energy. Uh, in its internal chambers and under its base. Uh, this, according to him, is absolutely huge news because it means we have scientific data that supports the theory that the Great Pyramid was a technology structure of some kind. Uh, but unfortunately, when this, uh, when this publication was released or this uh, data, this article, there was basically a huge media cover-up um, no mainstream news networks covered this um, anywhere. It was total radio silence. If the Great Pyramid was a power plant of some sort, um, was the so-called Queen's Chamber used as a power collector? Now, earlier in this episode, I referenced the Queen's Chamber uh, because it has a triangular gabled ceiling inside of it, which is very similar to this new discovery of this corridor, which has the same triangular looking uh, ceiling, pitched roof. And so was this queen's chamber used as a power collector? Why do I ask that? Well, this chamber was once covered inside with polished white limestone, as was the outside of the pyramid. You can still see some of these uh, limestone white blocks near the base of the Great Pyramid. Total precision. And uh, I've got videos of this on my YouTube channel and Instagram if you want to look for it. But it's crazy. I walk right along these precision polished limestone white looking blocks and you can easily visualize how they once all covered the yellow limestone that you see now. And it would have given the pyramid a completely different look. Okay, so back to this so-called queen's chamber, which I should say no queen, no original queen mummy was ever discovered inside. Um, so if this queen's chamber was covered with these white limestone uh, blocks and the outside was, 
and there's evidence that suggests the tip of the pyramid was covered with a, a gold tip. Um, as particles funneled down from the atmosphere toward the earth and through the pyramid, could the insulating properties of piezoelectrical charged white limestone in the queen's chambers uh, pre have prevented the electrical particles from returning back into the atmosphere? Thus connecting to the aquifers below, they might have created a concentrated differential of charges between sky and earth, similar to having a continuous lightning bolt with regulated voltage. And this is probably why they are the, the Great Pyramid was located on a magnetic ley line, giving it a greater connection to the ground, again, with the planet itself uh, creating the energy. I know that was a mouthful, uh, but fascinating to consider nonetheless. So I believe that the pyramids were likely producing some type of holistic energy that powered the megalithic temples, uh, such as the Valley Temple right next door, where the ancients would come to for healing and fertility. Let me break this down a little bit. Um, so again, if the pyramids were like the ancient uh, energy generators, these megalithic temples, which are completely different in functionality, may have been receiving the healing um, for the ancient inhabitants. I've talked at length on other episodes where when you get inside the Great Pyramid or any of these Great Pyramids, it, they just don't really seem functional for humans to be crawling through. Um, I mean, I was just there this last February, and you're going down steep 300-foot passageways, doubled over because you can't stand up straight. Um, these really feel like maintenance shafts that some ancient device uh, went through maybe instead of ancient humans or ancient beings. Um, again, how could the dynastic Egyptians of 3000 BC traverse through these, down these steep 300-foot passageways on, in a funeral procession carrying heavy statues, uh, sarcophaguses, and the like um, without the modern-day um, staircases and railings they've put in there? Um, it's hard enough, again, for me to do that. How would the ancients do that on these slick, megalithic, smooth uh, stone shafts without the staircases and the railings? So again, the pyramid doesn't even seem functional uh, to be used for humans, whereas the megalithic temples, as I call them, like the valley temple, is completely different. It's the same megalithic stones, but the functionality is different in that it, it feels like a temple. There is these massive entrances to walk through, and there is these massive spaces and rooms to walk through. And um, again, the oral traditions going back to the dynastic Egyptians, where these temples were used for fertility purposes, healing purposes. And so again, I'm trying to theorize, I don't know if I'm doing an effective job, that if the Great Pyramids are these energy generators, they're drawing the energy from the earth, from above uh, the cosmic rays, and this energy is being piped to these temples. Piped is not a great word, but maybe they were connected almost like a wireless connection using resonant energy uh, through the ground. And as Muhammad Ibrahim uh, theorizes the massive megaton 
as I call them, rose granite obelisks, uh, may have been operating like huge antennas for the cosmic rays that could release energy upon the ancient city. And it's crazy when you look close at these obelisks, they feature these deep embedded, almost 3D precision hieroglyphs or what are really like symbols that I believe probably predate the hieroglyphs. And um, you look close at these symbols and they're so finite and so precision into extremely hard rose granite, which ranks like an eight or nine on the most scale of hardness. Um, that it's it's like the ancient architects had to be using some kind of super small ultrasonic cutting tool. There's no way an archaic chisel and hammer could have crafted this. There's just no way. Another thought kind of on the possible connection. I mentioned a wireless connection, maybe through the ground between the pyramids and these temples. Um, Muhammad Ibrahim, again, our tour guide and Egyptologist, talks about how um, he, I believe, has seen and he hears reports from other tour guides and guards all around these archaeological sites that there are massive, what he calls megalithic tunnels underground um, that he believes easily connect most of these structures. And so, obviously, the big million-dollar question is what happened, right? kind of seems like the evidence is pointing pointing to a cataclysm that happened somewhere around 9700 BC you know that hit these pyramids and basically turned the engine off or uh, ruined the technology in a sense that like shut it off and ever since energy's kind of been slowly fading from these structures um, but I believe even back to 3000 BC the dynastic Egyptians, we're able to harness a lot of this energy, but since then, 5,000 years later, uh, we're really just seeing slight traces of it. I've got to note, though, that geology plays such a huge role in everything I'm saying regarding the pyramids and these ancient temples and, and, and the energy connection. And I'm not a geologist, but when you start looking into geology or, or you talk to geologists, it's amazing how all these different stone uh, properties uh, would have played a role in this. We talked about the water and the role it might have played in the pyramids being ancient energy generators. But when you consider, for example, the rose granite, which is what the greatest chambers inside the Great Pyramid are made out of, the so-called King's Chamber and and such, this rose granite is from Aswan, which... For the record, I believe it's over eight hours away by car, okay? Uh, how did the ancients transport all of this rose granite uh, to Giza? Some of it weighing 70 plus tons. Rose granite contains 20 to 60% quartz. And so it's, it's like it's radioactive stone because of the ingredients. According to Muhammad Ibrahim, it can send and receive waves like radio waves. Again, rose granite is the hardest of all of these stones used. And then you got limestone, which we know the outside of the pyramid is constructed of. This is highly conductive material. It absorbs negative energy and, and pollution. So it plays like an electrical current for granite. And it makes up about 70% of most of these giant structures. And it's found in um, 
the southeast, I believe, of Cairo, this Tura limestone. It's really crazy to consider that the Great Pyramid stands approximately 500 feet tall and is composed of 2.5 million multi-ton blocks. Again, mainstream Egyptology will tell us that this was constructed by a huge workforce of, of people cutting, shaping, moving, and setting into place large limestone blocks using sleds and, and ramps and just a massive workforce. Um, again, mainstream Egyptology will tell us that the Great Pyramid uh, was built as a tomb, I believe, by the 4th Dynasty Egyptian Pharaoh Khufu, uh, approximately over a 10 to 20 year period, which would have concluded around 2500 BC. Now, if you take that information, there's some, some great researchers that have estimated this, and they have found that if the Great Pyramid was constructed over the course of a pharaoh's reign, like Khufu's from a 10 to 20 year period, each one of these massive stones would have had to been quarried, shaped, moved and set into place every two minutes. Okay, consider that. Do you think that is realistic? Is that possible? As Graham Hancock shares, we can calculate from its mass that the Great Pyramid weighs approximately 6 million tons and its footprint is approximately 13 acres. So it's more than 750 feet long on each side I believe it's about 481 feet tall to be exact. And it's got more than 2.5 million blocks that were used in its construction. Um, and again, these are all multi-ton blocks. But it's not just big, it's precise. As Graham points out, the Great Pyramid is locked into the cardinal dimensions of the planet. It's targeted on true north within three 60ths of a degree. But it gets even crazier. And again, this is coming from Graham Hancock. The builders of the Great Pyramid incorporated into its dimensions the actual dimensions of the earth. Okay, this is I'm going to throw a lot of numbers at, at you. Uh, if you love numbers, you're going to like this. The number 43,200 is derived from a key motion of the earth called the precession of the Earth's axis. The Earth wobbles slowly on its axis at the rate of one degree every 72 years. 43,200 is a multiple of 72. So if you take the height of the Great Pyramid and multiply it by 43,200, you get the polar radius of the Earth. And if you measure the base perimeter of the pyramid and multiply it by 43,200, you get the equatorial circumference of the Earth. Again, I'm trying to talk slow, really for myself, to uh, take these, these numbers in, which are giving me a headache. Therefore, for thousands upon thousands of years, through millennia, through the Dark Ages, when people didn't even know... They were probably living on a planet. The pyramid has encoded and spoken the dimensions of the earth on a scale of 43,200. So these ancient master architects 
seem to have given us the dimensions of the planet on a scale defined by the planet itself. So again, when we're talking about the Great Pyramid, the Great Pyramid is a work of stunning artistic achievement. It's the work of masters of architecture. For example, again, as Graham Hancock points out, there are blocks of stone, rose granite, that weigh 70 tons inside the king's chamber of the Great Pyramid that were raised more than 300 feet above ground. Consider that. So the achievement of making it into a high-precision structure uh, is unfathomable. If you make any tiny mistake at the base, by the time you get to the top of the 481 feet, you wouldn't have a pyramid. And nobody today with all of our supposed great technology can truly explain this. Again, as I often mention, um, it's, it's very interesting that unlike the confirmed Egyptian tombs in the Valley of the Kings, again over eight hours away down in Luxor, no hieroglyphs, no original mummies, no colorful Egyptian artwork depictions have ever been found on the bare megalithic walls inside the Great Pyramids. Very interesting. They're in completely different locations. I was telling somebody the other day that if the uh, if we were just measuring it in states in the in North America, the Valley of the Kings is multiple states away from the Great Pyramids. Just to kind of give you a picture of how far away it is, they're completely different. Completely different functionality. Completely different. Um, architecture again the inside the valley of the kings they're colorful and there's hieroglyphs everywhere and there's all these colorful artwork depictions and sarcophaguses uh, you don't see any of that inside the great pyramids and no i do not believe that the boxes inside um, the great pyramid and the second pyramid are sarcophaguses um, i believe those were some kind of boxes housing an energy device and when you if you compare them side by side uh, they don't really look like the sarcophaguses inside the valley of the kings the sarcophaguses in the valley of the kings are uh, they're bigger they're thicker they've got rounded edges rounded lids um, whereas these boxes in the uh, two pyramids i just mentioned i believe are smaller uh, they're more, way more precision squared and just look a lot different. Now let's talk for a moment about the so-called King's Chamber of the Great Pyramid, which is like the Holy of Holies uh, for this megalithic marvel. Now, above the King's Chamber are five further chambers that were constructed with Walls and basically beams of rose granite that weigh approximately 70 tons each. These, these are the ones I referred to before that are lifted, um, you know, 300 feet above ground level. Okay, these things are massive. And um, you can Google search, you know, King's Chamber or Chambers Above King's Chamber, and you'll see some, um, you know, CGI graphics that give you a good visual of this. The point is, this is made of rose granite. These are massive stones. 
How could this have been accomplished again with ramps, ropes, and pulleys as mainstream Egyptology asserts when we consider the basic laws of physics? Um, and this is a point Graham Hancock made. Uh, basic laws of physics such as you can't haul a stone weighing tens of tons up a ramp that exceeds 10 degrees. So if you do the calculation to find out how long of a ramp with a 10 degree slope would I need to get to 350 feet above the ground, that is a very long ramp. And um, I was, again, at in Egypt this last February, and the highlight of the trip was our private tour inside the king's chamber. And there's so, there's so much to see in this chamber. I mean, when you go up to the walls inside this chamber, when you look very close, you literally see microscopic-like machine lines on the granite wall surfaces. Again, these are multi-ton, massive granite blocks. But up close, with the naked eye, you can see microscopic machine-like lines. Uh, when you look at the, the, the box inside this king's chamber, again, many people call it a sarcophagus. Um, I don't believe it was a sarcophagus at all. When you look close, there is pre precision saw-like cuts along the uh, edges of the top surfaces. In the hole are um, precision drill-like holes. And uh, this thing is ancient. Part of it looks like it was blown off on a corner, again, possibly due to an energy blast. You go around to the back of it, and um, if you have a right, if you have the right colored, like a red light, you can see um, what Robert Everett Grant discovered, I think in 2018, what he calls the Alpha and Omega symbols. And go back and listen to my episode a few, just a few episodes ago, where Robert was talking about this discovery. He believes this is actually the signature of the original architect because he's now found these alpha and omega symbols in other pyramids and on other megalithic structures such as the boxes in the uh, subterranean Serapium. Derek Olson here to reconstruct the prehistoric past with you. Well, we're going to just jump right into this episode because we've got some exciting news about a really breaking new discovery that has happened inside the Great Pyramid. A hidden corridor measuring approximately 30 feet long has been discovered inside the Great Pyramid of Giza. Officials of the Egyptian Supreme Council for Antiquities announced that this corridor or this passageway that's about 30 feet long is located behind the so-called chevrons on the north face of the Great Pyramid. Now, when I say chevrons, that's a word that uh, many researchers use to explain these massive, huge, gabled limestone triangular beams on the north side, which really stand out um, and dwarf all the other blocks that you see on the outside of the Great Pyramid. On the north side, you'll see these massive triangular beams uh, about halfway up in the center. Now, uh, many... Uh, consider this to be the original entrance of the Great Pyramid. 
the entrance that uh, the public's allowed to go into now, uh, that was not the original entrance. That was um, that was basically a hole in a tunnel that was blown inside the Great Pyramid back in the 9th century. Egyptologist uh, Zawi Hawes, um, who's pretty famous there in Egypt, he led the antiquities department for years. Uh, he's saying this could be the discovery of the century. Uh, so that's interesting. Uh, scientists from the Scan Pyramids Project detected this never-before-seen corridor, at least not seen in the modern era, uh, by using cosmic ray muon radiography. Sounds pretty high-tech. And uh, so they detected this using that technology. Then they fed a 6-millimeter-thick endoscope through this very small crack um, between the joints of these massive megalithic blocks um, up there by these chevrons. Now it's important to note this is the same team, scientists from the Scan Pyramid Project, who back in 2017, I believe, uh, this same team of researchers were the ones who discovered this uh, mysterious void um, inside the Great Pyramid that's approximately almost 100 feet long. And so these guys have been doing their work. That was the first real major discovery inside the structure really since the 19th century. So these guys are, are on a roll, at least, uh, you know, with this disclosure to the public. Uh, what do they really know behind closed doors, right? What are we really being kept from? Uh, maybe that's just my cynical side coming out. Uh, but according to researchers with this um, Scan Pyramids project, they believe this corridor could lead to further discoveries uh, inside the Great Pyramid. Again, it's this uh, gabled triangular look where the ceiling goes, it pitches into a triangle, uh, similar to these chevrons on the outside. Um, but it also looks uh, very similar uh, inside the Great Pyramid in what's known as the so-called Queen's Chamber. The ceiling of that chamber goes up just like you're going to see uh, in these screenshots of this new corridor or chamber. Uh, so very interesting indeed. I find the timing of this disclosure again very interesting with kind of everything else going on in the world. Suddenly uh, we're, we're being allowed to learn of a new chamber inside the Great Pyramid. I, I, again, my cynical part of my brain goes, if they're allowing us, the public, to know about this, man, what else have they uncovered that we are not being told about? Uh, also, I should note, when you look at this image, uh, kind of the, the initial word is that it's a dead end in this chamber that goes back about 30 feet. Um, but man, I would wager <laughs> some kind of money that this definitely leads somewhere else. So exciting discovery nonetheless um, and who knows maybe this could be one of the great discoveries uh, of our time at least regarding Egypt or the Great Pyramids. Make sure to click the link in the show notes below in this podcast uh, to see a short video I made about this discovery which features several images and video footage of everything I just described of this new uh, 30 foot long corridor uh, to help give you a visual.